All right, let's get this guy's reaction. He's been joining me all season long for the NFL. He's my good friend, Luke Easterling with Athlon Sports. Luke, how you doing today? Doing good, Mark. How are you, man? All right, let's get right into it. Mahomes has been around for six years, destroying people. And one game, he got embarrassed. And that was against your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to tell you that over and over and over again. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy every bit of that. That uh, that'll never get old. <laughs> what what happened last night, though? I mean, what happened is what always happens when you give when 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 you let them hang around. And again, if you go back to that Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, that's one thing they didn't do. You know, it was a very it was a complete team victory, right? It was coaching, it was offense, it was defense, it was special teams. They were, you know, hitting their kicks and converting on third downs and moving moving the chains and, you know, getting touchdowns instead of field goals and turning the ball over, pressure on Mahomes constantly. The, you know, you have to do those things for 60 minutes. And, you know, I feel like there were, there were even decently long spurts of that from the 49ers, especially in the first half last night. But you can't let them hang around. You can't make mistakes. The, obviously, the muffed punt, you know, kind of a freak thing that, that wasn't necessarily anybody's fault. And, and you just have to pay more attention. But, you know, you, you cannot give him short fields. You cannot – you know, fail to take advantage of your own opportunities when you're up 10 to, to, to stay aggressive and, and to keep pushing the envelope and, and do again what the Bucks did. They never looked back. They, they kept stretching that lead. They kept forcing them to take field goals. And then you turn around and it's like, Oh, it's 31 to nine now. I guess this isn't going to happen. Um, you know, last night is what happens when you, when you let them hang around and when you take field goals when you should keep pushing the envelope. The play I keep thinking about is in overtime when the Chiefs get the ball. It's fourth and one at midfield. And my brain's like, well, Mahomes is going to get this. He's going to get the first down. He's going to go down the field. Did you feel that way as well? Yeah, of course. There's no way they're not going to put the ball in, in anybody else's hands in that, in that situation. So there's so many, so many things, uh, you know, again, through the fourth quarter, really, and into overtime that, that are decisions that I think Kyle Shanahan would probably want back. Um, the fact that some of his players didn't even understand the, the overtime rules and admitted to that and after the game was, was absolutely wild to me. And I think, again, just shows the, shows the difference between being a really great X's and O's coach and, and being a great game management, you know, holistic, you know, complete 30,000 foot level, being able to manage those things. Andy Reid's one of the best in the game. And I think, I think that was really what separated him from Kyle Shanahan in the clutch moments last night. Does this show that you can still have a championship level defense and dominate people? Yeah, of course. And again, go back to that Tampa Bay Super Bowl. I'll keep bringing it up as many times as I can. Yes. Um, but you know, Brady was the MVP of that game and I, and he played well and he threw three touchdowns and I'm fine with that. But the defense won that game. It's all he needed was 10 points <laughs> to win that Super Bowl. Uh, you know, the, the, the Chiefs did not score a touchdown in that game. Mahomes was running for his life all night long. Um, you know, again, he got picked off twice. The, the defense is what carried that game and, and Brady just had to not screw it up, which again, he's very, very good at not doing that. Um, so, uh, that's, that's what we saw again last night that the defense and kicking kept them in the game just like they have all season. That's what it's been all year. It's been, it's been great defense. Steve Spagnolo, another master class from him. The Chiefs defensive coordinator, maybe maybe the best big game coordinator in the entire NFL. Uh, the work he's done over the last few years in Kansas City is just second to none. 
Um, so, yeah, just the, the defense carried him. Harrison Butker, an incredible season from him and, and uh, an unbelievable performance last night. And it just kept them in it long enough for the offense to make, again, a handful of plays uh, that ended up being a difference. You love breaking down teams. You do a phenomenal job with the NFL draft. Who is the number one wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes that just won the Super Bowl? Because I don't know. Who is it? I mean, Rasheed Rice is, is a fantastic player. He, he's had some great film coming out of SMU, uh, was one of those guys that had the size-speed ratio, and you just thought that maybe it would take a little bit of patience, a little bit of development at the next level before he could be a number one type of guy. And, and that, that development really happened over the first half of the season. I know there were some struggles, but, but man, once he, he got so many reps and they needed somebody to step up, especially somebody with some size, they had some smaller kind of gadget guys who could make plays here and there, but they needed someone to fill that role where he's not just a, a you know, a, a guy that can do one thing well and will go to him on this specific type of play. They needed a complete wide receiver who could, you know, stretch the field with speed, but make things happen after the catch, tough guy who can break tackles. And honestly, the most underrated, you know, ability of playing in, in this offense is you've got to be really, really smart. You have got to be an instinctive player in terms of how you approach the game, but you've got to study. You've got to be a smart player to be on the same page as a guy like Mahomes to, to do what's expected of you from a championship head coach and Andy Reid. And I think Rasheed Rice, the development he had, throughout his rookie season, but really started to turn it on over the second half of the year uh, and really became the number one receiver that they needed opposite Kelsey. Do you feel like they breaked, they just broke the norm where they paid Mahomes, they lose Tyree Kill, then they have to go to the draft and rebuild the whole defense, and it won two Super Bowls. It, is it remarkable what they've done with this team? It really is, and again, it just goes to show you that it's a lot easier said than done, too. Yeah. You know, it's you know, all you have to do is have a maybe the greatest quarterback of all time in terms of talent, and one of the greatest head coaches of all time, and one of the most dominant defenses of all time, and one of the best defensive coordinators of this era. That's all. That's all you need to yeah. win three Super Bowls. Sure. Like, yeah, it's not that hard. You know, it's, to be able to, and you could talk about the contract with Mahomes and the, and the salary cap and how tricky that can be, but you got to hit on the picks. You got to keep the right guys. You got to keep your quarterback healthy, and especially when he's a generational guy like Mahomes is. These things don't happen very often for a reason. It's been 20 years since we had a, a back-to-back Super Bowl winner for a reason. It's really, really hard to do. Uh, and again, it, it just makes all the difference in the world when you have that guy in that spot, a guy like Andy Reid in the head coach chair. Uh, and again, when you're able to continue to reload defensively and, and have a guy like Spagnuolo who can always get the most out of his guys and set them up for success. That's that's how you, you stay a, a contender like they have over the last five, six years. I ask this to everyone. You're up, Luke Easterling. Does Mahomes now have a chance to go catch Tom Brady? Oh, sure. I, I think he definitely has a chance. He's 28 years old. Uh, I mean, he still has to do more than double what he's already done in terms of Super Bowl wins, but I mean, as long as, as long as he is able to stay healthy, as long as, you know, again, you're not sure how long Andy Reid's going to coach. There's going to be some things that are going to move. But I think what you mentioned about the fact that they had to retool the defense, they had to make some wholesale changes, they had to go young at receiver and hope they could find some guys, they were able to do those things. And so when you're when you're able to do it once, it increases your confidence that you're going to be able to do it when you need to again. Uh, and, and I think the test for Mahomes will be longevity. You know, Tom Brady was throwing for 5,000 yards and winning Super Bowls in his, in his 40s. And, and so that's that's just really, really hard to do. So if he's going to catch Brady, I would – Think that he needs to do it quicker uh, than than uh, than <laughs> sooner than later because again once you get into you know 
35 plus, it's really, really hard physically to stay at that level. Uh, and Brady was just kind of a unicorn in that way. The point I was making last hour, Luke Easterling, is it's all about the quarterback. And I know that's cliche to say, but like you look at this NFL draft and I mean, you're, you've been on this since last summer, this NFL draft coming up in April. It's like, oh, I can get the best wide receiver. You have to figure out the quarterback. I, cause you've seen this. And I know Mahomes is like Superman out there, but it's quarterback. You've had, like, if you're the Bears that won, quarterback's the number one thing, right? Well, and again, that's, that's the conversation for so many teams like that is that you have a guy, but if you don't have the guy, it's not going to matter. And, and you look at a team like Chicago, obviously with Justin Fields, he's shown flashes, but if you look at a guy like Caleb Williams and you think he's got a, a better chance to get you closer to what Mahomes has been, then that's the guy you have to, to take. You have to go that route. If you're a team like the New York Giants, who's picking at six, you just gave a big contract to Daniel Jones last year, but then he struggles, then he tears his ACL. You've got three years left on that deal. Yeah. But if you've got a chance to take a quarterback or a receiver and you've got a chance to get a guy like Drake May or a guy like Jaden Daniels, you've got to try to continue to maximize your, your ceiling at that position. And so there are a lot of teams that in the top 15 picks of this draft, Minnesota, Denver, um, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, a lot of teams that are going to be trying to get up for one of these top quarterbacks instead of having to reach for one of the second-tier guys. And, and, again, it all comes back to number 15. When you see what he can do, nothing else matters until you find a guy who can make that kind of impact at that position. What do you think about New England, then, at number three? New England's in an interesting spot because if you're assuming that quarterbacks go 1-2, regardless of which teams are there, you're talking about taking the third-best quarterback in the draft over everybody else at every other position. And some years that's not as big of a deal. But in a year where you have elite prospects at other positions of need that are premium positions, you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. at wide receiver. The, the Patriots need a number one receiver. They, there are two franchise left tackles in this draft, in, in Joe Alt from Notre Dame and Olu Fashnu from, uh, from Penn State. And they need both of those guys, too. And so the, the question for them becomes, like we just said, is, is Harrison or one of these tackles going to make enough of an impact then, you know, more of an impact than the third best quarterback in this draft. And in this year's class, I don't think that's the case. I still think Jaden Daniels or Drake May, whoever that third guy is off the board, it still makes too much of an impact, even as the third best player at their position. Quarterback's just too important. And I think the Patriots would, would lean that way over even Harrison or the other tackles. If you're the front office of the San Francisco 49ers, are you sold that Brock Purdy's your guy for the next six or seven years? I don't know that they're sold on, on six to seven years. I think they're sold on the fact that they've got him really cheap for the next two. And, and that's, that's really nice to have, you know, to have a young quarterback who again is, is not just on a rookie contract, but on a seventh round last pick in the draft rookie contract, which is leaves you a lot of space uh, under the salary cap to build out everything else. The problem for them is how much better can they conceivably get and still fall short? I think if you look, there's still some needs. Obviously they need. Really, everything from from Trent Williams over to the right, so from left guard throughout the rest of the offensive line, could use some improvement. Right tackle really is the biggest need. They could use help at corner, maybe a safety. Again, Talanoa Hufanga uh, is coming off a torn ACL, uh, and, and he'll need a new deal after next season, so they might be looking ahead at safety. Um, defensive line could use some reinforcements. Um, but, man, I just, you know, they've got so many weapons on both sides of the ball. They've got great coaching. And they've got a, a pretty good quarterback on a really, really team-friendly deal for the next two seasons. I feel like they, they've got to realize we have two more years to figure this out. We've got two more years. 
while we have a very manageable uh, quarterback who has proven he can play at a, a very, very high level within this system. Um, and, again, I don't fault Brock Purdy for that at all. You, every, every quarterback is a system quarterback to a certain extent. Um, but they know they've got two years left to figure this out before they're going to have to figure out the quarterback position again, whether that's breaking the bank to keep Purdy if he proves worthy of it uh, or starting over again, which nobody wants to do. No. Um, but they've got to figure it out. They've got a lot of talent still on, the, on their roster. But, but before you have to re-sign that quarterback or find a new one, they're going to have to have to get over that hump. As a draft guy, was the Trey Lance pick a total bust by the San Francisco 49ers? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's just, again, the, the Jets should have taken Justin Fields at two, which means the 49ers should have taken him at three. Uh, and, and so obviously Trey Lance and Mac Jones are both, are, are both, you know, have not proven to be worthy of their, their draft slots since then. There's a lot of reasons why that could be. Uh, and you can't account for injuries or, or supporting cast or anything like that, but, but yeah, I think the Trey Lance pick is definitely one that they wish they could go back and uh, and do again. Maybe even not even make that trade. Yeah, you're absolutely right because they were at like 11 or 12 overall, then traded up with Miami. It's a bizarre pick because what if I told you, oh, they botched the quarterback at number three, but then they went to three straight what is it NFC Championship games and then right. and went and and should have won the Super Bowl last night. That's why it's a bizarre trade for me. It is. Yeah, it was, it was again. I and again, you you still have the conversation of whether or not they were originally targeting Mac Jones because of the fit in the in the offense, and whether or not they would have taken him there. Obviously, neither of those guys have ended up uh, doing much uh, so far. So, oh. yeah, I think if they could go back, they would probably just stay at twelve where they were, even with Fields going at eleven, which is where Chicago traded up for him. I, I think they would have rather just taken their chances. But that you know, we can't do the hindsight game. We, we can't, especially with. The, a situation like Purdy, which just never happens, it's it's hard to go back and, and look at it that way. Okay, but real quick, we've done this before, but let's do it again here, recapping the Super Bowl. What was your evaluation of Patrick Mahomes out of uh, college, of Texas Tech? You know, I, I had a second-round grade on Mahomes. I think he was a guy that obviously had some special traits, and, and part part of doing the work that I do is is self-scouting every, every offseason, right, and looking at who I've scouted before, what what I was right about, what I was wrong about, and and trying to figure out why. I try to do the same thing for my work that any any player or football team would do for their work. And and so when I look at when I look back and I see that I had like a third round grade on Josh Allen, and I think why, you know, I think back that the, the highs were really high with him on tape, and the lows were really low. If you if you made only a highlight tape, he would probably go number one. If you made a low light tape, you'd wonder why he was being drafted at all. And and so with Mahomes, it was kind of similar. I saw more upside than I saw with Josh Allen there. But both of those guys have really, you know, either hit their ceiling or gotten really close, and we haven't seen as much of the bad. Uh, so for Mahomes, I saw a really highly productive guy which who obviously had the arm talent. I didn't think he got uh, a lot of credit for how smart he was coming out, but, but the Chiefs obviously knew. You know, they knew something after, you know, spending the time that they did with him, moved up from 27 all the way to 10. Uh, to get him. And the irony of that trade, by the way, is that they traded up with the Bills. So the Bills did this to themselves <laughs> uh, with the way they've lost to them in, in, in clutch games over the past few years. They're the ones that gave the Chiefs the opportunity to, to take him in the first place. So, yeah, that, that was my evaluation. A highly productive guy coming out who, who had some inconsistency, needed to, you know, to reel in, you know, some of his decision making and his accuracy, but obviously ended up in such a perfect spot, got to sit behind Alex Smith for a year. And got to got to pair with Eric uh, Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid and that great coaching staff that helped develop him and the rest is history. Miles Garrett went number one in that draft, 2017. He's going to go to yep. the Hall of Fame. 
But in hindsight, should they have taken a quarterback at one? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think Miles Garrett would probably agree with you. <laughs> I think he probably would say the same thing. It's the quarterback league, man. If you don't have one, you better find one. Let's end with this, and I appreciate you coming on. And by the way, thanks for coming on all season, buddy. It's been a long season, so I appreciate it with your Buccaneers coverage. I always love it. Um, hey, it's a blast, man. I, I always enjoy it. Um, all right, what did you think of Usher at halftime? Phenomenal. Phenomenal, elite. I think you. I think you were reminded last night how many hits, spanning such a long period of time that he had. All the guest stars, absolutely star-studded performance. I loved it. Can you roller skate? Hell no. Hell no. Not a, not for very long. Couple of seconds. This is where it's we're going to bring on your wife. All right, let's double check with Luke. He can't really sing that well, or maybe you can. He can't sing. You can't roller skate. I mean, what are you bringing the table, buddy, compared to Usher? I can't roller skate. I play the drums. I play the drums, and I can cook. That's about it. I like it. it. You're a triple threat. You are. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Man, He he's dancing with the roller skates on in front of like 100 million people. No problem. And he's singing. And, and when Ludacris showed up, I started fist pumping. I was so excited. Uh, what commercials did you like? I mean, the Duncan commercial was probably the best. Yes. I think, I think anytime, anytime you're able to, to pull something like that off, I thought that was pretty funny. Would you want a rock group or a country group or a rapper? What would you want next year for the halftime show? I mean, I'd like that they switch. I'd like to see them switch it up. I think bouncing around to all the different genres and just finding, trying to find artists that you know are going to put on a, a great show that have, and again, it's, it's rare to find somebody like Usher who, who not only can, can pull from such a great catalog of hits, but has so many of those guest stars that have been on those songs throughout the years oh. and that are able to come out and, uh, and kind of reprise those songs, man. That was, that was so much fun. It's going to be hard to, it, it's hard to find a, uh, there's not only so many of those artists around That's who true. can pull off something like that. But I, I like when they kind of bounce around from genre to genre and, and do some different things. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh when I say this and I'll let you go. He, he took the jacket off and then took the shirt off. All the ladies at the restaurant bar I was at were losing their minds. Like, man, this this guy, <laughs> so funny. Um, what, right, rightly so, rightly so. I, I can't argue with that. This is true. What can we check out now for your coverage with Athlon Sports as we head to the combine and the draft? The floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, go over to athlonsports.com right now for all of our uh, our breaking news coverage of of college football and NFL. Um, the big thing I, I'm online as far as the draft stuff, you can go over to si.com slash NFL slash draft. I'm, I'm running all the draft stuff over there on the SI site. Nice. Uh, and the big thing, the big thing is at the end of this month, uh, something that I've always looked forward to since I was a kid reading the Athlon NFL draft guide, right? The one that comes out every year. Um, I had, uh, I had the opportunity to, to write a good bit of this year's, uh, magazine. So I'm really, really excited for this one to come out, uh, and to hit the shelves so everybody can check that out. Will you autograph mine if I buy it, please? Of course I will, Mark. I will absolutely do that for you. Oh, and by the way, I'm going crazy. I'll keep Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams. The hell with it. Just let's just have every quarterback till we figure it out. Let's go. <laughs> I'd rather have two than none, I guess. Fine. Let them be, let them kill each other in training camp and figure it out. <laughs> just go for it. Um, Luke Easterling, Athlon Sports. My man, thanks for your help and have a great day. Uh, you too, man. Enjoy.